Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me, as always, the one and only Amy Thomason and Matthew Marchetti in the house. Everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Yay! So I'm hanging in there. Hanging, hanging in, there? in there. Awesome. So, uh, like, uh, 2017, how was that for everybody? Huh? Um. Dark, dark times. <laughs> dark times. Amy. Yeah, I mean some some good things, like, but the best of, dark of times, times <laughs> the worst of times. Yes. There were good things. There were a lot of bad things. Yeah. It depends if we're talking on a national level, a global level, a personal level. Yeah. Well, on a national on a national level, I think it was pretty bad. Global level too. Personal level, I had a, I had a fucking dynamite year. That was great. Yeah, but everything in my personal life is great. That was firing on all cylinders all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually feel kind of bad. I'm like, am I, am I draining all the goodwill from the world by having a good life? I, I feel guilty about this. Oh, man. But uh, we are – so we talk, about, uh, we talk about the best pictures here of past years. But as you know, we are kind of right in the middle of or at least the beginning of the main best picture race. It's Oscar season, finally at last. The starting gun has been fired. Golden Globes were this past week. We're gonna tell you we're gonna talk about those, dear audience, a little bit. And then we are going to get into a couple of our categories for best of 2017. Not always the kind of things you'd expect. We will have lists of our personal favorites, but also some fun little things here and there. We'll come up with categories on the fly and see where this goes. A nice, easy, breezy conversation. If you are looking for a very focused film discussion, hate to break it to you, check out one of our past reviews. There will definitely be more coming up. But in the meantime, we're just going to play a little jazz. So, (laughs) Golden Globes. Who watched them? Who loved them? Who hated them? Um... Didn't I, watch it. I don't yeah, pay for yeah. cable. <laughs> Neither of us watched. Them. But oh. I heard Oprah made a speech and that it was effective. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. Oprah made a speech, effective. Oprah's gonna run for president. Not really, but maybe. Is it a terrible idea? Maybe. Uh, is that a, is a bad? Are we we're in the age of bad precedents already? So why not? Uh, well, so it was. She can make the world a better place without needing to be president. Yeah. But if she were president, you know what? She, I feel like she would pick good people who know what the hell they're doing. She'd be like a first-time director who is utterly clueless, just surrounds himself with good with good people. Like David mm. Lynch. Made The Elephant Man, surrounded himself with good people, then said, hey, The Elephant Man was great. Follow-up movie, Dune. Dune is fucking terrible. So Mike Nichols with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was having people show him how to do different camera things because he didn't know how to do them. Hmm. But that movie's amazing. That movie's amazing. And then he became Mike and Nichols. And then he followed it up with The Graduate, so, yeah. He, he clearly, he clearly learned. But you know what? you got to be surrounded by people. Um, but, all right, if, all right you, you didn't watch the show. Fine, whatever. It was, it was delightful. Seth Meyers had, uh, he walked a fine line, I thought, given the uh, Me Too movement that's currently happening and taking down Hollywood left and right. But you know, you obviously have Google, and you can see what won <laughs> in the movie categories, and that is what we are here to talk about. Is there mm. anyone that sticks out for you? We'll open it up to the floor, and then we'll get a little more specific. 
Amy, go. Ones that I think should have won, or was I happy with the results? That you were happy with the results. That you were like, yes, good for th- this person. Movies only, Lady not talking Bird, TV. Yes, for best comedy. Three mm-hmm. billboards. Apparently, I'm the only person on the entire planet who still thinks that's a pretty good movie. Oh I wasn't shocked. And I don't think it's this year's crash. I really, I understand people have issues with it. But to compare it to Crash, the reason why Crash is so terrible is, one, because it's a lousy movie, and no one thought that movie was going to win. This movie, people thought were going to win for a long time, so it's not this big shock when it does. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 Lady Bird, very exciting about that one. Big, big fan. Very happy when that happened. Matt, do you have any, uh, you have any, any thoughts, any like <laughs> particular thoughts on something that happened? Um, yeah. So like I, it, we this always happens every single year because we live in places where nobody plays these movies and I never <laughs> see them. So, um, usually like either right before the Oscars or long after because the release of all these movies you can slap us. Best actress, best actor, all that stuff. Um, so I, out of both like picture categories, the only one I have seen is it won't be surprising probably to anyone listening or to you guys was Get Out. Um, I, I so like all my so let me let me just I'm gonna register my opinions based on the people involved in these movies and not knowing really anything about the content other than like the basics of the films. This so, sounds great. I love it. Yep, no, it's going to be really compelling, really compelling here. Uh, very well informed. Like, best picture drama, I am very happy with uh, Three Billboards winning. I have not seen it, but Martin McDonough is like a personal hero of mine. Um, I love his stage plays, particularly the Lieutenant of Inishmore. It's hysterical. It's like the only stage play I can read where I actually like laugh out loud reading it. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. I've read The Beauty Queen of Lanann when I was yeah. in college, and I oh. freaking loved it. And I, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. I have the play. I have the play. <laughs> yeah, it's over. I got him over there. I have, like, a whole mess of his stuff. Um, yeah, but I've been a big fan of his since his – this is – this is if, if he is nominated and, and hypothetically wins an Academy Award, it will be his, I think, second Academy Award because he won for Best Short Film years ago for a movie called Six Shooter with uh, Brendan Gleeson. That's very funny and very violent, ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of um, his other films, In Bruges and uh, Seven Psychopaths. I just love his sort of sense of humor. So that one's that one's great. Although I haven't seen The Shape of Water, but I'm predisposed to loving it just because. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, for the comedy or musical, I'm interested in all of them, and I've only seen Get Out, but I really want to see every single one of them for different, for various reasons. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see a lot of these films. Um, I was happy to see Get Out getting nominations. That's really probably my favorite thing um, next to, you know, Lady Bird getting nominations and wins. And then the thing I don't like is that there's no best director nominee for Lady Bird for Greta Gerwig, just because why? Right. Why? Cool. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. That is a, gigantic pile of bullshit i mean there's only four just come on like and it's one of the most highly acclaimed movies of the year like really kick out dunkirk kick out christopher nolan no 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 no. if you know if anyone if if anyone you take out spielberg 
Dunkirk was that was a director's movie through and through, and he is mm. he nobody else but Nolan could could have made that. I, I I get it, but you know what? This is audience for for the record. You may go like, oh, the Golden Globes. That's like a big deal, right? It is not actually a big deal. Golden Globes don't count for shit in the in the Oscars. Technically, what really matter are the Guild Awards, the SAGs, the BAFTAs, uh, WGA, PGA, DGA, all of those, they matter more. <laughs> Golden Globes is just like a fun, drunken party where we're like, everybody's saying these movies are great. Let's just invite them and we'll just give them a bunch of booze and a shit ton of lint truffles. So we lint truffles. I wish, we're not wrong. <laughs> I wish we'll Ricky Gervais came back. I love Ricky Gervais. I do not like Seth Meyers. I don't think he's funny. I miss Ricky Gervais making fun of everyone and he's hilarious and I love him. So he's, he's great. He's, Seth, uh, Myers, Seth Myers, Seth Myers was great, but uh, yeah. the the Greta Gerwig omission, uh, like no, like ain't nobody saying Golden Globes too whites or Golden Globes too male on Twitter. It's like when the Oscars roll around in a couple weeks for the nominations, bet your ass Greta Gerwig is going to be on there. I I would even gather Jordan Peele might be uh, might be in the running for oh, a director nomination. Yeah, writing and director for for Peele, which would be out of sight. Be great. <laughs> Yes. Um, let's see here. Uh, best actor in a drama motion picture, Gary Oldman. What I love about this, Gary Oldman, he mouthed off about the Hollywood Foreign Press, the governing body that awards the Golden Globes, said they're crap, they're all sorts of wonderfully English names <laughs> and whatever. And yeah, he, yeah, he goes ahead and wins, and like a, like a, like a true champ, he, uh, he accepts with some grace. I, I would have to say it was it was very lovely. Uh, Darkest Hour, not a best picture contender, but I hear he is absolutely fantastic. It's the of movie. Is, yeah, everyone says it's the movie Lincoln should have been, hmm. which is crazy because Lincoln's a really great fucking movie, I think. And, uh, I walked out of that movie five minutes in. I turned and said, "I cannot make it to this movie." Django Unchained is playing down the hall. I saw that movie. I love that movie. I'll meet a, I'll meet up with you. And that was written by Tony Kushner, who's one of my favorite playwrights. I thought what? I was going to vomit within the first five. Talk about sentimental claptrap when it was like the like rednecky soldiers were trying to quote the Gettysburg Address to Lincoln, and then the African American soldiers got up and they're standing in the mud and the rain and they know it perfectly and read it all eloquently. I was like. I'm going to kill myself. I have to leave. Oh, we're do- we're doing a four year reconsideration on Lincoln. We're gonna make you watch that movie. No, <laughs> better movies came out that year. All right, guys, pop quiz. <laughs> How do you pronounce the lead actress in Lady Bird's name? Sersha. Oh, I looked it up right. yesterday. Oh, damn it! I was hoping to hoping to catch it. All right, she was great. No, like I specifically went on YouTube during my prep period to make sure that I could say her name. <laughs> yes, Sersha Ronan. I- the, I like. I don't think I'd have, I've ever actually heard her real voice. She is so Welsh, like painfully Welsh, because you know it's a Welsh name. But uh, she's great. We I feel very good about this. Uh, it's definitely right. Right now, I feel like it's uh, Ronan and McDormand kind of kind of muscling for the Oscar, which is kind of cool because Francis McDormand in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is uh, phenomenal. Both women are phenomenal in these movies for very different reasons. But 
Callie Hawkins like ripped my heart out. She was so amazing. Yeah, and Margot amazing. Robbie, I cannot even tell you, was so amazing in Italia. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's That's a, a it's a tough category. Really. Any mm-hmm. of them completely deserve it cuz they are really rocked it out. Yeah, it's a really good uh pool of actresses to choose from this year for for best actress. Definitely. Definitely. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited I'm excited to see that. Uh let's see a few other fun notes. Uh this is me. Uh, the guys from La La Land win again for their song from The Greatest Showman, which mm. I gotta say, I know I, I'm i watching it, I'm like, this is not actually like a good movie, it's very predictable, and there's and then another part of me is like, I don't care. I love mm. this movie. I love this movie so much. It's so, so, and I heard the soundtrack's amazing. The soundtrack, the soundtrack is great, and it carries it through. You're like, yeah, Hugh Jackman, he's just doing his thing, and what, like, I love seeing him, Zach Efron's great, I, I think he needs to be bigger, but Ah, uh, the music is just—it's just so wonderful. It's so wonderful. I love <laughs> it, Jackson. It's great. Uh, Amy, what are your thoughts on the best uh, on the music from *Shape of the Shape of Water*? From, from Alexander I, thought it, I thought it was beautiful. The only movie where the music, because when you put best music down as a category, I was like, a lot of these movies I'm watching to kind of fully absorb. So right. I'm not necessarily listening for those little things the music i thought was most effective for me was the soundtrack to three billboards outside of ebbing missouri i loved that opera style music at the beginning and then there was a song that was playing when sam rockwell's at the bar and he's listening to the guy talk behind him that i don't know it just really put me in a time and place Lady Bird really hit me because they sang a lot of Stephen Sondheim musicals, which literally <laughs> my friend and I would sing the soundtrack to Merrily We Roll Along, which is the show she was in when we were 17 years old, living in the suburbs of New Jersey. We drove <laughs> around and I was practically singing it in the audience. <laughs> I like got out my phone and texted my friend. I was like, holy fuck, they're doing the original, original of Merrily We Roll Along, which no one else would know. Except him and I. I'm like, this was literally our year. Nerds! Oh, I totally was. Do you know how much my parents saved so much money on birth control? Like, that was something they never had to worry about. Because guys were not like, whoa, you know all the Sontai musicals? That's so hot. No, 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 no. Yeah, nobody's. I was friends with the gay theater guys. Like, I was safe. True that. True that. How uh, I'm all going to be listening to this tomorrow, so I might have to tell them to skip out on this one. But well, you know what? You know, be true, speak your truth. Nothing, nothing more powerful, as Oprah would say, thereabouts or whatever. Matt, what are your thoughts on Sam Rockwell? For him or uh, against him? Oh, I like Sam Rockwell. I didn't see him in the movie, but <laughs> I've heard it's award-winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's he, no, I like Sam Rockwell. He has sort of a. He he has kind of like an ease which he he can perform sometimes. He can just sort of like lull into something, or he can really like hit you with something really powerful. Um, I just he's always he kind of sneaks up on me every time I see him in something. I'm like, oh, I like him. He's funny. And then like the end of the movie, you're like, oh my god, like he's horrifying, or he's like so sad, or like it's just it's it's very. You're gonna feel that way when you finally watch this movie. Oh, I'll watch it. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got he's got some great lines, but also like such a 
amazing character arc. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll get it. I mean, three billboards is definitely going to come back up. We'll get into it in the in the in the in the meat of the show. But he is very good. Uh, I'm told Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project also fantastic as well. Uh, he was the, he was the main was competition, but it, right now it's it's between those two guys and maybe Timothy Chalamet for one of his very Timothy Chalamet esque roles. So we'll see. Ah, and let's see any other fun stuff. Francis McDormand, we did that. James Franco, you're not getting nominated for an Oscar, not now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, definitely not now. Yeah, overall it was a fun show. I thought. But again, Golden Globes don't matter much. They're a just a, an outside organization, the Hollywood Foreign Press, that just I think they just like being surrounded by pretty and talented and successful people, which is a great excuse for a for a party if you think about it. And, um, but it may not have a lot of bearing so much in the in the actual war, awards race, uh, awards race with the people who do the voting, but. Hey, you never know. Maybe they'll go, hey, that guy wanna go and go. Maybe I should tip my category in, in that direction. I do like that they do comedy and drama as two separate categories. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Just because as we know Because there really are brilliant comedies that deserve awards. Yeah, like you know, like like the 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 side splitting humor of get out. Totally deserves <laughs> And the Martian and the Martian last year with Matt Damon. <laughs> but like I'm thinking like Bill Murray, like it pisses me off that Bill Murray was only up for an Oscar once he did like a serious movie. It's like, what? He was brilliant in Groundhog's Day. That's actually a brilliant performance. It's, it's a great but he never would have been nominated for that for an Academy Award. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I think the the comedy musical category subdivision they have is the reason why we really love watching the Golden Globes because mm. you know when you get the comedians there, like funnier stuff happens. You're able to, you're also able to just like you double the pool of nominees, which yes. is, which is a lot of fun and give some, uh, give, give a lot of love to the movies you don't normally associate with Oscar. Cause mm. we know like the, they're like, I think maybe actually, actually I think this year, two of the, two of the nominees for best uh, musical will be nominated for uh, actual best picture at the Oscars. And that's get out and lady bird. If I, if, Maybe I tell you might sneak in there too, but it's like it's a very it's a different year, and uh, it's hopefully a sign of things to come where the Oscars will be a little more open to nominating comedies in the hmm. future, even if it's just the bullshit ones that are like you're not the actual nominees. It's fine, right. but you're 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 number six through nine, so just enjoy it. Put it on put it on the DVD and just call it a day and get your extra however many millions that an Oscar nomination brings you. <laughs> Uh, any final thoughts on the Golden Globes? No. All right. No. <laughs> Yay, three billboards. Yay, Lady Bird. Let's move on to 2017. Does anyone know how many movies they saw this year? Either no. in theater or out of theater, but not for this show. Uh, no. Well, you probably check my Instagram. You probably could get an accurate number and then maybe add like 20 or so. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Now for now for Matt, I I'm most interested to hear from you because well, like, well I know Amy and I will have we would have fine fine movie choices. We still, I suppose I'm guessing that we didn't see a lot of movies, and the movies we did see are the movies everybody wanted us to see. Whereas you saw, there was what what was that that action? There was like a weird action movie you reviewed just last night from 2017 that I'd never heard of that sounded amazing. 
Mayhem? Mayhem, yes. I don't know. It's on my list. I'll talk about it a little okay. bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so like this is, I'm I'm most looking forward to to what you have to say. Amy, not that I'm not looking forward to hear what you what you also have to say. Matt, just bring Matt a very very different perspective. Different. <laughs> yeah. He's different. <laughs> he he's he's so different. He's so yeah. different. Okay, well I, I sent out a bunch of categories. They aren't the best categories I know. They're just ones I ones I thought. Uh, and we will start from the beginning. Best trailer of twenty seventeen. What do you think? I'll all of my all of my categories have more than one. Oh, <laughs> just yeah, that, because that, that, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It was, it was hard to it was hard to narrow it down. But I tried to think about the trailers I watched multiple times, like just on my own through on like YouTube or whatever. Or I saw it when I was home, and then my wife came home, and I was like, "You have to see this stuff," um, because it was just either moving or just cool or very exciting. So I had I had four that I I kept coming back to. Okay. The one was a, again a movie I haven't seen, which was the Florida Project. That trailer alone like brought me to tears and it's very the only other time a trailer has made me cry i think fully cry was the trailer for the pursuit of happiness with will smith and his son because there's like a really sad moment in the trailer You're like oh my god like <laughs> and that i just find the tra- i found the construction of that trailer just fantastic um i loved the the first trailer so i guess the the teaser trailer for it stephen king's it i thought it was just perfect it got me right in the mood it, it frightened me and i was excited by that um, I loved the first trailer for Thor Ragnarok. It was just the exact opposite. It like <laughs> made me just laugh and giggle, and uh, that was the best thing ever. And then um, uh, the trailer for John Wick Chapter 2, which will come up many a time on my list. Um, I probably watched that trailer about 20 times before I saw the movie, So, and then probably a couple times after. Um, so, yeah, those are my four. Very nice. Amy, best trailer. I just have one. I have it. It's the one that really pumped me up to see that movie. Mm-hmm. They did a very good job. It definitely it did everything it needed to do. It lured you in, gave you the uneasy feeling. So I really liked that. Did we do worst trailer? Did either one of you pick a worst trailer? Uh, not yet, but we can. We can get to that. Just let me finish. Because I have I. I'm not trying to push it, but I have that too. Just if we're ready, if okay. you guys have, I have one. Uh, I don't have, I don't have one, but I, but I'd love to hear it. All right, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna have to say that uh, one of my favorite trailers. I have two. One of my favorite trailers of the year is it comes hmm. at night. Actually, the there's this one, <laughs> the, the one there's this one trailer. Uh, see what it, see what it, see what it, There's this one trailer where it's just like it starts with a slow shot, this like slow zoom in on this door, and I'm like. Yeah, what is eerie music what is happening and i still have not seen the movie and i have no idea what happens i'm like this movie this trailer alone is just so it's not even terrifying it's unsettling to the nth degree and along the same lines there's a trailer for a little scene movie that again i have not seen called the killing of a sacred deer by the guy yeah. who made the lobster yeah, that yeah. Is, What's his name? Like Yorgos Lathamos? Yeah, it's something Greeky McGreek face or something like that. But it's what's fantastic about it is that it it doesn't give away the plot, and it just it just has this one of the characters <laughs> singing that burn song by Ellie Goulding, yeah, set to increasingly disturbing images that yeah. I just found intoxicatingly haunting and uh, like made me want to go see it. Except I 
didn't have the time and it was in theaters for roughly about a week or so. Okay, Amy, worst trailer? The one that you just didn't like? Um, honestly, the trailers for Get Out and The Shape of Water. The trailers. We saw both of the trailers. Like, that looks like the dumbest thing in the entire world. And I remember being shocked that when it said, oh, from the director of Hans Labyrinth, which is on the Amy Thomas and Top 100, I was like, what? That movie? I mean, I was shocked when a week later people were like, oh, it's this brilliant film. I was like, are you kidding me? That movie was so Yeah. But ended up being great movies. Yeah, I was. But that's why I think those trailers were bad. It's because they made the movies look really stupid and trite, and neither one of them is. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's definitely, definitely fair. Okay. Um, With the next category is. Oh, well, along the same lines, best poster. (gasps) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I have four. (laughs) Okay. All right. Best you'll see some, you'll see some overlap. Uh, the, the the first one I had was the was the, one of the posters for John Wick Chapter Two. It's the one that pays tribute to the Harold Lloyd film Two Gun Gussie, I think it's called from 1918. It's where all the guns are pointed at Keanu Reeves' head, and it's just like a really striking image that I was very excited about. Um, I loved the IMAX poster for Kong Skull Island, um, the one that looks like Apocalypse Now. It's just, it's like hysterical. And I, I don't know why when I saw the movie, I was surprised at how like sort of like B movie with a ton of money it was because they, they were already sort of like laughing at uh, all the way to the bank on that one, which was great. Um, speaking of It Comes at Night, the first poster for It Comes at Night with the dog on the leash, just looking out into the dark forest and oh, the titles yeah. sort of like, it's amazing, and uh, Times New Roman has never looked as terrifying as it does on this poster. <laughs> and then the the other poster I, I had was a movie I have not yet seen, but I have, and I'm very excited to see because it's supposed to be sort of a sleeper uh, for 2017. It's the movie with um, Robert Pattinson called Good Time, um, yeah, where it's I hear supposed to be fantastic. like a John Carpenter movie, but like... Not a not a horror film, but it's supposed to be like a crime film, but sort of in a John Carpenter esque style. Um, and the poster for it is him coming out of this either like beer bottle or like soda bottle. It's like this very surreal Dolly esque image with Robert Pattinson with this like bleach blonde hair, and it's just something. I was like, I have to see this movie. I don't know what it's about, and I have to see it. And I've also heard it's fantastic, so yeah. I'll be reviewing that pretty soon. I would guess. Yay. I do. Yeah. As, just as a side note, you know what? Yeah, uh, I know he gets shit for uh, for Twilight. I'm uh, I'm team I'm I'm team Robert Pattinson. I want that dude yeah. to succeed. He is very talented. Does not he's, get enough credit bad. for how for like how good he is in the mo- in, in in movies. So like I just like he needs to do more stuff. I hear he's great in Lost City of Z, all, which also came out this year, which I need to desperately see because I love the book. But uh, Amy, best posters 2017. Um, it. Again, eerie. The little kid and just the hand holding out the balloon. Same feeling as the trailer. Very good. And the Florida project Mm. of the little girl. And it's like she's running and you just see her from like the head down, the neck down. There's just something about that that just 
encapsulates all of the wonders of childhood mm-hmm. in a photograph. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just so pure in that energy. Like you remember the energy of running around by watching that, seeing that poster. So mm-hmm. those are my picks. Okay. Uh, mine are best poster, Shape of Water. Just it's the you know the fish man and Sally Hawkins underwater yeah. kind of just Beautiful. floating floating arm in arm. I have a, I lo- I love more minimal kind of just the central character posters, which is why um I, you know number two is Logan, or just him, very small, sort of like standing against a dusty American backdrop with the words Logan, and I'm like oh yes this movie is this movie's hitting all the hitting all the right notes for me. It's superheroes, it's westerns. Um, I gotta <laughs> gotta do it, gotta do it. Uh, moving on to the, our next category for 2017, best music. Now this is score. This is use of the song. This could be anything. I know I didn't actually like really tell that, but just how did you? However you interpreted best music, how does it feel? And what are your nominees? Your favorites? Um, my favorite, hands down, was um Brian McComer's score for "It Comes at Night." Brian McComer is a he was the drummer of a band called the Dirty Projectors, and the like majority of the film's score is done with drums, like just all percussion, and it is just horrifying. Like at times, it's very like rhythmic, and you start to like get lulled into things because it's you know it's percussive and it's rhythmic, um, but it works really well in terms of moments when it startles you because you don't really expect it because you're so sort of lulled into these moments. Um, and it, it sort of like sneaks up on you. Um, but there was a moment, and this usually is when I, I start to pay attention to a score. There's a moment when I was like, I just said, oh, I like the music right now. I like this a lot. And then all of a sudden that was like all I could pay attention to for the remainder of the viewing was the music, the music over and over and over again. And I know that's not always the best criteria for choosing best music in a film, but to me, if it stands out and it's memorable in a lot of ways and it works within the context of the film, it's a two thumbs up from this guy. Nice. I, I really I, need to see I this movie. Really I hear it. Really it's great. It's good. It's devastating, but it's good. Oh, lovely. I love yeah. devastating. Yeah, no. <laughs> then you'll love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Amy, best music. Uh, I can do this very quickly. Uh, Lady Bird, all the Sondheim music hit really home. And that's why. I mean, it's not, I don't expect it to win any awards, but like for me, it was like, literally reliving my youth so that really hit for me on a personal level and then the music in three billboards i loved how it had the opera music and then i loved that it had that like country midwestern twang in it also and it was very effective it really created a mood because that movie really shifts shifts around a lot oh yeah it it goes from zero to 60 on all sorts of things there uh, drop of a hat and it always works and the music was all crazy, but and I mean, inc- not consistent. It wasn't just the operatic and it wasn't just the country music. It was both and it worked. So it worked very well. Very well. Uh, as for me, best music, uh, the score to Blade Runner 2049, which mm-hmm. is definitely going to show up a lot more on, on, on these lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's just fantastic. The technical mm-hmm. achievement of that movie is astounding. Speaking of technical achievement, the Dunkirk score also. Very effective. Uh, Isn't the same guy who did both? Didn't he do both? Isn't it uh, both Hans Zimmer? Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's both Hans Zimmer. You know, he's you know, he's very good at doing, mm-hmm, yeah, doing those tone things. You know, looking at his name drops. <laughs> and fi- uh, finally, I, I got uh, once more. I got to give a shout out to Greatest Showman, just on the terms of the soundtrack is amazing. 
movie, eh, whatever. The soundtrack is very, very good. It's one of the, it's one of those things. I grew up when all the drama girls loved Rent. They just loved Rent. <laughs> they would just listen to it all the time. They just loved the music, whatever. I will, and this could totally the like this and Dear Evan Hansen, which the guys also wrote, could totally be. Like the soundtrack that I think drama girls listen to now, and that's and you that, mean and th- like you mean like the kind of person that went to Borders Books and Music the day the CD came out, and then locked herself in her room and listened to the entire thing. That sounds yeah, oddly I mean, so, yeah. so specific that I feel. You like mean that's the person who mean the person whose senior quote in their yearbook was uh, "No day but today." People like that. Yeah, you know, I don't, I can't imagine you're talking about a very general yet oddly specific audience i can't imagine who um <laughs> I, lo- I love rant i love tay diggs uh all, and and everything uh okay doesn't? now we can yeah who doesn't best on-screen on. duo now this can be for either romance friendship thought you know family just like a, a two a two-hander that just was really effective this year matt uh, uh, you have, have so many don't you <laughs> I have no, I have two, but they're I I only did a, two of them because they're sort of related because they share they're from two different movies, but they share an actress, oh. and I think that maybe there's something significant there. So the, the two I had were were uh, for Samara Weaving and Judah Lewis from The Babysitter, which is a Netflix exclusive directed by oh. Mick G, <laughs> because that's a person's name, um, and then Samara Weaving and Stephen Yun. From the movie Mayhem, I just reviewed last night. Stephen Young from The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I love this plan. Tomorrow Weaving is basically like, um, it's like uh, Margot uh, Robbie's like evil twin. Like she <laughs> looks like a like slightly twisted version of her. She's very she's very beautiful, but she's got this like insane kind of manic energy that um is just fantastic and these these the young kid who plays against her in the babysitter is young maybe 13 or 14 years old is fantastic with her and then steven young is just he sort of hits new levels of um like he hits like points of his in, in his performance that i didn't really know he was even capable of and i think having someone like the samara weaving in a film is she sort of elevates things you just you can't not enjoy what she's doing on screen even if what she's doing on screen is like vile and reprehensible you you still like laugh at what she's doing because she seems to be having such a good time doing it uh and there's the there's like romantic aspects of both of these duos too so they work kind of on uh, multiple levels yeah, yeah you should see those movies I'm everyone have to see those movies right. yes. babysitter and mayhem, mayhem. Mm-hmm. all right check it check it out folks you heard it here first Amy, you got any uh, you got any on-screen duos you were particularly fond of this year? I had uh, Lady Bird and her best friend Julie. Oh, yeah. There were there were a lot of again you, you a lot in the song factor. That movie really resonated with me, obviously, which is why it keeps coming up. But I really liked their friendship. There were a lot of scenes with them where they just are just literally hanging out and just acting like young girls, which you don't see very often. You see a lot of teenagers and they're so sophisticated and all that stuff. And I liked that you saw Lady Bird try to be sophisticated, but you also saw her be like dorky and do stupid things. And I was like, that's awesome because that's all of us. You know, I, when I was that age, I wanted to be sophisticated and amazing and I wasn't. <laughs> and so. And hey, and, wanting, hey, and now look at you. Wanting, you are a co-host like, on a podcast. 
Yeah. You did. Well, I would have, I, I thought of that and I said, why didn't I think of having everybody call me Natasha? Because I was obsessed with that name. I was like, mom, why did you give me such a lame name? Why didn't you give me a beautiful romantic name? I have friends who in grad school who did call me Natasha because I was like, don't call me Amy. I need a beautiful romantic name. Wow. <laughs> but I liked her. I liked her friend. I thought they were really cool and very realistic together. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was a, I mean, I can't speak to the. I mean, it, feel, it, it felt true. Uh, obviously, I had a very different experience growing up, but friendships are friendships, and they are beautiful. All no matter what, no matter what. And they were they were great. You could pick so many pairings from Ladybird and have it work. Ladybird and her mom, the the, the teachers, just every Ladybird and the nun. It was just fantastic. It's all it's all great. Ladybird and her dad. Yeah, I mean, Tracy Letts. Oh my God, Tracy Letts. He was so great in that movie. Uh, as for me, best on-screen duo, uh, like top of the list. I like it's saying the nerdy stuff is always so weird. He's like, oh, it's the nerdy stuff. But Logan and Professor X in the movie mm-hmm. Logan, like man, in another in a just world, Patrick Stewart would be getting an Oscar nomination for mm-hmm. this. Role. We talked about this a while back. I think we talked yeah. about when we when that had yeah, just come out. I think really loved this movie. It's so it's so good. Like Hugh Jackman, it's so. Good in it. it. They have such a great, like, bitchy chemistry with one another, and and like it's it's built on the fact that you know they have you know experienced however many films together leading up to this. But it it's so beautiful how they how they how they play off one another in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the same lines, Thor. I find Chris Hemsworth to be sort of a charisma giver. He just he just gives chemistry and charisma to everyone else. So like, just pick anybody in <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. He's great with he's great with Valkyrie. He's great with Hulk. He's great with Bruce Banner. He's he's just he's, anytime he's on screen with somebody else. He's great with Loki. It's just the best. I love watching him interact with uh, with all the folks in that beautiful beautiful brilliant movie. That uh, I mean, I it didn't it didn't make it didn't make any official list, but it definitely got a, got some honorable mentions. Uh, and for mm. the for the more for the more sophisticated, uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Zoe Kazan in The Big Sick are also, also have a great one of those one of those city oh wow one of, one of those great city city romances where like I don't want to do this but I really want to do this we're we're all just so bullshit not telling ourselves how we really feel wow Amy's not happy with that movie okay can I ask why no no you're sick. Do you want me to save it for? I mean, I could really. I really thought about my eight thousand issues that I have with this movie. Okay, it was right, a we'll fine. Okay. 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 Right, save it for <laughs> but I have opinions. Yeah, I, I can, I can see that. I can see that. All right, real quick, best lines. Best lines, twenty seventeen. No! <laughs> okay. Can we see some spoiler alerts? Um. Yeah. All right, well, people. Don't, spo- don't spoil alert. it for me. Spoiler alerts now, effective for the next five minutes or so. Carry on. Matt. So, uh, all right. I'm going to... I'm going to hold off on one until we get to best or most underrated movie or whatever. I'm going to hold off on one because I can talk a little bit about it then and then I can give you the quote then. Uh, But the two... The two that stuck with me, um, one, because it was just such a... um, like bring the house down, probably best audience experience I've witnessed in a very, very long time in a movie. 
like anywhere. Like if you can make a theater of Fitchburgians laugh hysterically all at the same time, um, that must be something special. So my number one is, and I have the whole thing because I love it so much. It's it's uh, Richie's little monologue from the end of it when he says, you punched me, made me walk through shitty water, dragged me through a crack house, and now I'm going to have to kill this fucking clown. <laughs> and I just, everybody went insane when that happened, and I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I actually looked at, like, quote lists after, and it's on, like, everybody's. It's, like, number one on, like, a bunch of, like, really reputable. That kid <laughs> rocked that yeah. movie. Oh, it was yeah. great. It was he was precious. Um, that was a good line, and I wouldn't have remembered that line. So thank you, Matthew. my list feels feels less for not having. I sort of cataloged that. it because because it was so good. I wanted to like know the whole thing. So that was like my fun one, and then the one that really like hit me. The one you know when you hear something and you're like, oh, this actually sort of changes the way I think about things. Was a line from um, the movie uh, Wind River, the Taylor Sheridan film Wind River with right. Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen. He uh, uh, Jeremy Renner's talking to um, the father, of, and this isn't really a spoiler so much because you, you learn this very quickly in the beginning. He's talking to the father of a uh, young girl who is just murdered, and he's also lost a daughter. Jeremy Renner's character's also lost a daughter. So he's sort of trying to like tell him how to deal with the pain. And he says, there's a very long monologue, but the, the part that really kills me is, um, if you shy from the pain of it, then you rob yourself of every memory of her, my friend, everyone. From her first step to her last smile, you'll kill them all. Take the pain, take the pain, Martin. It's the only way to keep her with you. And I feel like that's something I would actually like. That's I'm gonna think about that when I lose someone really close to me. I just I know that I am because that's like and you know we've heard I feel like you hear sentiments like that in in things in literature and movies, but something about like he's like literally instructing him how to deal with the grief of losing someone you'll never be able to replace. And he tells him that in very like harsh John Wayneian esque terms. Wow. Um, yeah, I just it's yeah, that's something out of the searchers right there. <laughs> another, it's another devastating movie if, you, if you've seen it. It's just depressing. Yeah. I, 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 I hear it's fantastic. I actually had goosebumps when you were saying that. I'm like, oh Jesus, that's uh. Well, I mean, so, imagine so Jeremy Renner. Imagine Jeremy Renner's read of it in a very dramatic scene where you're like wiping your eyes constantly, and and it's very powerful. So All right. I'd recommend. Definitely. I appreciate you bringing up that quote from it because that was a movie that I really saw just for fun. It wasn't, oh, it's award season. I have the all, this whole checklist I need to say, but it was a really great movie. Yes, it was. All right. Amy, best lines. Okay, my lines. Uh, I have two. Okay. Uh, the first one is from Mother. Ooh. Which I'm the one person in America who thought that was a really good okay. movie. Two. You're, you're not. Three. Yeah, there's the two of them right here. <laughs> And, okay, I don't want to get too into my feelings about this movie, but I did enjoy it. The way that Jennifer Lawrence says to Javier Bardem at the end of the movie, I gave you everything. Mm-hmm. Which on its own, it's one of those out of context. It's like, that's not a brilliantly written line. That's not what it's about, though. In the context and the way that she says it is just so, I gave you everything. Mm-hmm. And your like guts are just spilling out because yeah. it's yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, chilling. Um, I'm gonna read the last line. I'm not gonna give the context, but the last line of Three Billboards, Matthew. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but when they just say, "We'll figure out on the way," 
Yeah. Or I guess we'll figure it out on the way there. I don't have the exact quote. But it's at the end of the film when it's the end of the movie and your whole your mind starts to disconnect and you're like, oh, okay, it's the end. And you're sort of disconnecting from it. And the camera's panning away. And my reaction was, Oh, Oh, it's okay. It's the end. It's the end. The end. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, Wait a minute. Hold on. That movie keeps you from second one to the exactly. very end. And you're starting to ease out of the movie, but it just snapped me back. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it totally it's very jarring but that didn't spoil anything for Matthew but just right. now you need to look out yeah, for it when yeah, you say yeah, it yeah, yeah, it's, it's great I will, I, will, I will definitely cop to saying that is one of my favorite lines of the year uh, on mine I have a couple uh, I got, I'm a big fan of lines that make it into pop culture as like, like a meme so Gardens of the Galaxy 2 I'm Mary Poppins y'all mm-hmm. mm-hmm. love it love it yep uh, Lady Bird, I, I don't know why, but the way she said, when she's asked, is that your given name? And she says, yes, it's my given name. It was given to me by me. I just love it. I, she <laughs> delivers it with such spunk and it's like, it's like fuck you. This is my name. What does it yeah. matter? Uh, it's it great. The, uh, the, the full joke of, from the big sick, I know Amy, uh, about, you know, when they're talking about, yeah, I want to. You know, I always want to talk about 9-11. Like, you never talk about 9-11 with anybody? It's like, yeah, like, what are your, what are your thoughts? It's like, oh, it was a terrible day. We lost 19 of our best guys. <laughs> We're like, oh, man. I thought it was, uh, I was, oh, thought it was brilliant. And um, finally, for a movie I didn't see, it was just a line in a trailer. I don't even know if it's actually in the movie. Uh, it was from the film Roman J. Israel Esquire. And uh, Denzel Washington says, at one point, we are greater than our worst mistake. And I go, oh, that would totally be a great line for any other year other than 2017 because we are only our worst mistakes in 2017. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was uh, made me feel good for a for a simpler time, not a, not necessarily a better time, just a simpler time is all. Uh, along with best lines, we have a, uh, I imagine there are many uh, many a great moment for you in 2017. So what are the best moments there- of the year? There were a lot of them. So there many. were a lot of them. So many. I, I, can't probably, hear. I could have probably did this part for like, I don't know, months and months and months. <laughs> I'll just, I'll go through, uh, see one of them again. I'll, I'll leave out because I haven't talked about it yet and I want to build the suspense. Okay. Okay. Jesus, I'm so, so curious what it is. What is it? Okay. Right. So I, right. I, if, I, if it's like a long section of the film, because sometimes I can't, you can't like avoid a, a like, it's not even like a yeah. sequence anymore. It's like a movement. So I, I tried to put like rough time frames. So if I'm off by like 10 minutes or so internet you can just deal with it and tell me i'm wrong i don't care so um these are the ones i had the last 40 minutes or so of mother where you know things fun um (laughs) uh, i i put the entirety and i know this is unfair but i put the entirety of get out (laughs) just because every second of that movie felt controlled by someone who really knew what they were doing as a filmmaker and i just love that the last time I think I really felt something like that was maybe No Country for Old Men by the Coen Brothers. I wow. just felt like they were completely in control of like every single aspect of that. Uh, we talked about this a little bit. I don't know if it was in a, if it was actually in an episode or if it was before an episode, but the single fake scene from Atomic Blonde, yes, yeah, was fantastic. Sort of oh, it's, it's technical. The stuff. only part of the movie worth it. 
Yeah, it's the best part. Um, the entirety of the haunted house sequence, the haunted house sequence, you can't see me doing my scare quotes, but I'm doing them, um, in it, that whole scene where they're in there for an extended period of time oh, yeah. is just great. It builds and builds and builds, and it gives you everything you want, and I love it. Uh, the opening scene um, in Baby Driver, set to yep. the uh, in the John Spencer trio blues explosions. Bell Bell yeah, Bell yeah, fantastic. Uh, Wonder Woman crossing no man's land. That's just like I I've I'll talk a little bit about Wonder Woman towards the end, but um, I'll talk a little bit about Wonder Woman at the end. Um, <laughs> the final, and I, I I talked about this in my quotes, but the final forty minutes or so, like the sort of extended finale of Wind River, is just harrowing. I, I can't express how like really fantastic it all is. Yeah, it's not a great movie. Like overall, it's a good movie. It's never anything less than a good movie. But there are some moments in it that just floored me and the la the finale of it i think really works well okay um the entire scene in rome in john wick chapter two like everything mm -hmm. about that is just delicious 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 <laughs> and then the um oh i had two more sorry the hotel the hotel sequence in logan where everything's going mm -hmm. in like slow motion basically and i just that's i i didn't know i wanted to see wolverine stab people to death in very slow motion but i really did after that I do. um and then a the this this there's a movie is sort of got buried um underneath Alien Covenant, but the movie Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds and oh, Rebecca yeah, yeah. another sort of like alien movie. Uh the first time the alien creature like attacks everybody or attacks somebody or Oh yeah, something. yeah, I know. I that was nerve wracking. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on and it's very horrifying and very like Lovecraftian and I'm all about that shit. Okay. So. Those are my million moments, everyone. <laughs> Mine are far less interesting, but Matt, I'm going to need your help on this. In It. Yes. And I'm really blanking on the names here because I just thought of it. The overweight kid who has a crush on Beverly. Is it Bill? I think it's... No, Bill's the main character. Bill's the Anyway, but when they're at it in his bedroom and she notices a poster <laughs> for some 80s New Kids movies. on the Block. It's New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. <laughs> and she and she like hides it from everyone else, but then makes a little like she quotes like, Yeah, I'll be forever your girl, or she yeah. makes a little quote. It's perfect, yeah. But like to make him but she says it to make him feel better. Yes. And right. you're like, I can see why all these boys are in love with you because you really are the greatest girl ever. Yes. Like she was so cool for doing that. And yes. I was like, Aw, Beverly. It's adorable. I love you. Yeah. It was yeah, so, so sweet. His name was Ben, uh, I think. I think it was Ben. That's why I confused the bees. Yeah. Everyone's got bees. Everyone's Beverly, got ben, and it is. It's hard to keep track of all the kids. Um, obviously when Lady Bird auditioned for the musical and She's saying everybody says don't from a very not very known Stephen Sondheim musical. And I nudged my husband and I swear the whole movie. He was like, seriously, I know. I get it. I get it. Oh, <laughs> this is from a musical anyone can whistle. It only had four performances. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Cool. He's like, That's great. And that last um, phone call that she makes to her mother. Yeah, that was. Where she's like, how did you feel the first time you drove in that new city that you were in? And really, really touching. And uh, 
I'm going to give a spoiler alert so everyone fast forward, but the end of the Florida project, where honestly, this little girl who's not a sweet little girl at all, she's kind of hard to like sometimes. But when her mother's about to get taken away, she's about to get taken away from her mother and she shows up at the little girl's house and she's just crying. And it's so heartbreaking. And you forget about all the mischief that she's been up to the entire movie. And she's just this scared, sad little girl. And I wanted to just hug her. And that really, really affected me. Because that was not a movie with likable characters, let me tell you. But it's still a likable movie. Now, that's something right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, as for as for me, uh, obviously the uh, the single fake from Atomic Blonde definitely already already in there. Uh, the uh, the final fight in the Last Jedi, I gotta admit, I was like, oh, that was this is the smoothest smoothest thing. It just went down so fine to me. I loved it. Uh, yay, Luke Skywalker. The the opening shot of Mother immediately was like. I was like, "What? Yeah, what just happened? Her face was on fire. What's going <laughs> on? I don't. What's that? And then, and then I'm like, "Oh wait, oh, oh, this is gonna be interesting." And it was brilliant, and so many other like, yeah, the, the last forty minutes, in particular, the the I saw the movie with my baby because like, oh, you can take the baby to see go see movie. I'm like, oh, go see mother, sure, if I can. Like, no, I was thinking about nope. that. Nope, it was a terrible idea. It was a terrible. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So oh my gosh. <laughs> she wasn't watching. She was she was asleep at the time. I was like, oh no. It doesn't matter. No, I know. I was like, I was like, baby. Yeah, she was asleep from her terror dreams. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um uh the second to final <laughs> shot of Dunkirk where Tom Hardy Tom Hardy burns his plane. I don't know why that wasn't the last shot. Mess that up. The uh spoiler alert, Logan dies at the end of Logan. So the death scene where uh the X twenty three quotes um shane at the end oh yes so much so, so brilliant and the little x on the, on the uh, oh, beautiful beautiful the i the i don't know the technical wizardry of the not a, it's like the two and a half some scene from blade runner 2049 where it's ryan gosling it's i think i want to say i want to say it's a woman who looks like juliet lewis but isn't juliet lewis but might be and the and the hologram of Gosling's girlfriend, the the the, the love hologram that he has, yes. and they're like yeah. she, she's on top of Juliet Lewis, so they're like kind of matching up a little. It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love. I just so so great. Um, uh, if anyone hasn't seen Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets, the opening montage of that movie, set to David Bowie's Space Odyssey, is. <laughs> Uh, was one of the most happiest moments, most optimistic in terms of the future of space travel scenes I've ever witnessed in a in a in a movie. It's just absolutely, absolutely great. I think my husband wanted to see that movie. Oh, we you should see it. Oh, it's so much, it's it's so much fun. It's gonna come up. It's gonna come up uh, very shortly. And uh, the ending shot of Shape, which is also happens to be the poster to Shape. Uh, big fan of that with Richard Jenkins doing his awesome Richard Jenkins things, giving us a nice poem. <laughs> like yes, nailed it. And on that note, we are sort of running a bit low on time, so I'm gonna we're gonna go straight to uh, folks. We all know there are there are films that you will either charge up a hill that is heavily defended because you either hate this movie that everyone else likes, or you have picked this hill and you will now die upon it because all the haters are coming 
for you. This is this is your this is your line in the sand. So we call this the last ephemera, the film whose hill you will die on. Uh, Matt, honestly, when I wrote when I came up with this idea, it's a terrible idea. I was thinking of you because I know you are the king. You are the you are the vanguard of B movies and how good they can be. So what do you got for us? Well, it's a it's a <laughs> so. So, uh, I mean, th- there's two. I'll give you the second one because it's the easy one. Mother is the easy one because it's just it's just easy to defend. I don't know why people don't think it's easy to defend. It's very easy it's very to easy. defend that movie for, for lots of reasons. But uh-huh. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do Mother. Not but I'm going to do another movie that has a letter M in it. It has three letter M's <laughs> in it, yes, actually. It Steve and I already talked about this movie. Um, at actual length, I think a little bit in the beginning of one of the episodes. I can't recall the episode, but it doesn't matter. I'm still defending in 2018, and probably on and on and on and on. Um, the 2017 version of the Mummy. Yeah. Um, it was one of the best times I had at the movie theater. Still, and I mean, granted, you can go back and listen to us rant about this at length. But granted. It definitely had something to do with expectations. People sort of like destroying this movie before I even had seen it. Um, going to see it in a movie theater always helps, I think, just because it feels a little more reverent. It's like buying a CD versus downloading it. You have the art and everything, and it just feels a little more impersonal for some strange reason. And that's very weird to say about a movie um, like The Mummy. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm predisposed to liking things like this. Um, I'm a big fan of of Tom Cruise when he's doing this kind of thing. I'm a big fan of the Universal Monsters. I'm a big fan of horror films. I'm a big fan of like Indiana Jones-esque films. I don't understand why people don't like this movie I, or why they hate it. I, I can understand people not liking it. like Just like, yeah, I didn't really like it. But I don't understand why people hate this movie. I don't get it. I think people need to get the collective sticks out of their asses again and again and again and again and just realize that like if you didn't like it, shut the fuck up about it and watch something, you know, pretentious. And if you did like it, just stop saying you don't like it because I know a lot of you on Instagram like this movie or at least moderately enjoyed it. And you're just hating it because it's like, it's okay to hate it. Or it was a cool cool thing to do. I I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Um, It's, is it a fantastic film? No. Is it great cinema? No. But is it a absolute blast for about two hours? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I will, it'll be one of those like rainy day movies for me for the rest of my life. I have a few of them. They're all sort of like, it's funny that I say this because one of them is the 1999, the mummy with Brendan Fraser. I can watch the movie any day. And the other one, um, other than sleepy hollow, which is like my favorite movie of all time, like not best movie, but favorite movie of all time, uh, is the second rush hour with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. I love that movie so much. The first one is good, but the second one is amazing. So, yeah, The Mummy, man. Just everyone, just shut the fuck up. Just maybe see it. I feel like a lot of people reviewed that movie and didn't see it. I feel like they're lying. I feel like there's a lot of liars out there, and I don't <laughs> trust them. I don't trust them. So, yeah, The Mummy. I will I'll die. I'll die right now for it. All right. Love it. I, you knew that's what it was, I, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, man, I enjoy the hell out of the movie. It's 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 on my list. Amy, what's uh, what do you got on yours? Right, okay. One, I concur... With Matt, Mother's a really great movie. I'm not going to go into why. But a lot of people, I could see why people would feel uncomfortable. Whatever, I get it. If you don't like Lars von Trier movies, you're not going to like this movie. Lars von Trier did not make this movie. But the whole time I was like, oh, I wonder if they live next door to the to Dogville. Because yeah. it's yeah. like 
the same gut soul ripping worst parts of humanity and it really hit like i could see like having an uh anxiety triggers that very kind of very female of people are invading my space people are invading my space get out get out you have no control over your body or anything else around you i don't maybe men have the same thing but i feel like it's a we do. I, woman, did. I did. I did. <laughs> I yeah. right. and but I'm not going to. And, and, and not a lot of people. I wouldn't recommend it to most people, though. Yeah. And they definitely live I, down the street from, uh, whatchamacallit, Bergman, just for the religious aspect. Continue. Yeah. I apologize. I don't understand why people think The Big Sick is like the greatest movie ever. I got in a Twitter fight with a total stranger about this movie. Was it good? Yeah. Was it entertaining? Yeah. That's like as far as I'm willing to go. But people were like, oh my God, this screenplay was just amazing it's like no it was cute and i didn't know anything about this guy i don't watch his shows i don't know anything i mean like i saw this like virgin eyes didn't know the plot don't know any of the people in it didn't know it was a true story till after the fact but if we're gonna start giving awards for best screenplay to movies like this i want to back up to the 90s and start giving them to like kevin smith because like clerks chasing amy brilliant films this movie seemed like a student film it seemed like right out of college here's my little screenplay and i'm gonna produce it and it's very clever for a just got out of film school person but if you're gonna be up for an oscar and this was my argument is best oscar is for patty chayefsky fargo movies like that and someone's like well you know you can't expect a fargo for an Academy Award-winning Best Screenplay, yes, I want a Fargo. I want a Wolf of Wall Street. I want something really, really good. Not something that seems like, that was cute. Mm-hmm. For a guy right out of film school. It just seemed very juvenile. Like, right. in 10 years, maybe this guy will do his best work. But this, But people are raving about this friggin' movie. Like, it's network or the social network or something like that, which it is not. Okay, bold words. If you would like to write us an email and tell <laughs> and tell us why Amy is wrong, you can hit us up at OscarWatchPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the acting was fine. That was someone's thing. Oh, the acting was so great. The acting was fine. But it's not like, wow. Very good at playing themselves. And Holly Hunter's great. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter's yeah, great. she's good. She's good. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Because we're running low on time. Want to get to mine? Uh, concur about the Mummy. Another film that I really like that nobody else seemed to enjoy: King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. Man, <laughs> that movie. Honestly, I was so tempted to put that as number ten on my list of best movies this year. Because hey, I haven't seen that many movies, and there's such an energy, and I love the way Guy Ritchie edits his films. Yes. That uh, like it, he he took what could have been like this is like a boring ass story, and I've seen it a million times, but he edits it and cuts it in such a way that is so entertaining. So and Jude Law is just oh I just like he's just taking the scenery and he's just devouring <laughs> it. I'm like, oh I love you, Jude Law. You're so you're so you're so great. You're so great. Uh the King Arthur Legend of the Sword, check it out. And uh Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I'm 
I'm digging my heels in on this movie. It's wonderful. Uh, it's yes, it is badly miscast. I don't care. It's phenomenal. It's great. It's fun. It moves. It's it's like every. It's all these wonderful sci-fi tropes thrown into one just in a mm. blender. And you, ah, I just can't get enough of this film. I can't wait to see it again. Wonderful time. Okay, now we are running low. I think maybe we'll maybe we'll just have a special our top ten of the year episode. So um, we're gonna we're gonna end it, we're gonna end, end today's episode with what do you think is the most relevant film of 2017? Everything that went happened, everything that happened in this year, Trump, Me Too, uh, Trump, and more Trump, and just everything. What uh, what movie <laughs> best defines 2017? Um, I had two films, and I'm sort okay. of sticking with the um, uh, less about it being a, a important film, like a film that the critics will be like. I mean, both of these films were critically um, lauded, but okay. it's not about that. It's about merely just like something that's entertaining, but also that delivers deep messages and a sort of like a feeling of something that we maybe haven't felt in a long time or haven't felt watching a movie in a long time. So the two films I had okay. were Get Out and Wonder Woman for maybe obvious reasons. They, the, you know, black director, black cast and Get Out, female director, huge female lead in Wonder Woman. Um, I felt in watching Get Out that I, again, was watching a really well, really well-constructed film, not just a horror film or whatever, but a really well-constructed film that actually made me feel, um, like, disgusted in many, many ways, in, in, a, in a sort of vein I hadn't felt disgusted in a very long time. Um, and then Wonder Woman, for the simple fact that it was the first time in many, many years, and I'm a big superhero film fan, big comic fan, it was the first time in a long, long time with a superhero film that I actually felt inspired by the superhero on screen. Like, I felt inspired to be a better person as a result of Wonder Woman doing things. And that's something that I think, as much as I love the superhero films and, and what they're doing with Marvel, I think it's something that they've lost um, with these movies. I don't think it's really about that. I think it's about a lot of whiz-bang and that kind of thing, and I know that we've talked. We talked about the ending of Wonder Woman being very much like every other DC superhero film ever, and I would agree. Um, but that was just something um, really special. I mean, I, I walked out of that film feeling energized, and that's always a, a cool feeling seeing a movie. All right, that's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I need to. I need to revisit Wonder Woman. I definitely got a lot of thoughts I need to need to work out with that. Amy, most relevant film, 2017. Um, I just had one, and I haven't seen it yet because it only just came down to South Carolina. But the post, the whole idea of right mm. now in 2017, the post is getting raked over the coal by the White House. It's like reliving. It feels a lot like this has been 1968. Everything I read about 1968, it's like it's all happening again. Just terrible, awful things. Civil rights is a huge issue again. I know I'm saying it like I'm bored, but I'm really under the weather right now. <laughs> she is. Blow my nose and stuff like that, and just be disgusting. <laughs> he sounds so blase about it. Civil rights, you know Ooh. that kind of thing. Blah blah. The civil rights movement, 1968. You know the assassination of Bobby Kennedy. Like, no, I realize that I'm sounding like that. I don't mean like that. It's something I'm really passionate about. I just feel like a someone's driving a hammer into my forehead right now. Um. But freedom of the press, and again, a gutsy woman, 
Shout out K Graham. What, what? Meryl Streep. Played by Meryl Streep. Who? And that might be the most, you know, like Oscar bait movie. I don't care. I still am going to see it and I know I'm going to love it. And I'm sure all the performances are amazing. Do I think it's time for other people to have a chance in the spotlight? Yes. But the post is so timely considering our current White House's position on the current Washington Post. Go fuck with Marty Barron. Heads up. The Boston Archdiocese did that once and ooh, they regret it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, definitely. You can read, I've read politics into so many things this year. Even even the mummy, I like, you'd be like, oh, it's a white guy stealing a woman's power. It's, it's amazing how you can, the art can reflect the time. Even if the art was like kind of made slightly before the time happened, you can. You read you read the films in the in the age you are you are in, not right. necessarily the age that uh, you uh, they they were made in. Um, right. So I mean honestly, Last Jedi is very relevant in terms of we have to let them. We just got we got to kill the we got to kill the past man. We got to let them die. Mm. We got to go. We have to we have to forge ahead on our on our own. But I think the most relevant film of the year is actually The Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro. We have a mute woman, gay man, black woman, and a fish man. The just the the classical sci-fi other going up against the literal embodiment of the white male patriarchy. Mm. In the, by the in, way, in, why in the was brilliant he for anything? He was amazing. He's so great, Michael Shannon is so he should have been great. I'm like, why why is he getting no praise? I don't for know. This but movie? but uh, it could just be like also the shape. Spoiler: Shape of Water is. The movie I literally just saw in the theaters most recently, but uh, yeah. it it has it has an effect. And you're like, we can do that, and like I'm a white guy. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll have two of my fingers bitten off, and I'll get my you know, bad things will happen to me. Sure, I get it. But it's inspiring for like the resistance and 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 everything. Uh, that to me, it's a very touching, timely movie. Is it going to win Best Picture? I don't know. Probably going to get Best Director. We will see. Mm. All right, and we are running so long on this episode. On our very, very next episode, we are going to be discussing the 1998 Best Foreign Language winner, Roberto Benigni's La Vita e Belle, Life is Beautiful. Because, uh, you know, we need to, need to feel good about things, right? It's, just, it's, a, it's a good feeling movie, or is it? I don't remember. It's been a while. Uh, thank you so, so much. Good. For listening to Oscar Watch Podcast, you can drop us a line at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to find us on social media. Love hearing from you. Do subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. More the merrier. Helps get the mm. word out. Amy Thompson, where can folks find you? A Thomason11 at Twitter. All right. Matt Marquette. <laughs> you guys can find me on the Instagram at movie underscore matinee. And I'm just going to steal the spotlight for a second here because I talked about a moment in a quote and I never got to say what that movie was. So my most underrated movie of the year, and I just say this early because I want more people to go see it and to buy it and to love it, is the Vince Vaughn vehicle brawl in cell block 99. It is. It, so it'll be on my top 10 list. We can talk more about it then. Um, it is just an absolutely phenomenal movie that totally like understands what kind of movie it is. And then at the same time, like just does whatever it wants at any given notice. And the, uh, director, 
Um, I think his first name is Sean, but it's just Craig Zoller. He directed one of my favorite films from two years back called Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell nice. and Rick Jenkins and everyone. And it was a fantastic like horror Western hybrid. Um, and the, the actual brawl in the brawl in Cell Block 99 is just one of the greatest things. It might be one of the greatest things I've seen in like the last 10 years in a movie just because the way it sort of builds. Um, and Vince Vaughn is just absolutely killer in this movie. Wow. Like I can't speak highly enough about him. So everyone should see that movie. My review is up. It doesn't spoil anything. Read it if you need to get more psyched about it. I know Vince Vaughn in a gritty prison film sounds weird. I tr promise you it is not. It is just fantastic. Um, yeah, see it. See it. Love it. All right, you heard it here first. We're all on 99. Do check it out. All right. Uh, go, go to the movies. Check out <laughs> a lot of things, folks. It's award season. It's that time. It's so great. And as always, hey, until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. Making you feel